You're listening to the Donor Growth Podcast, forward-looking conversations for those who believe that donor growth is possible. Every week, we'll explore a thought-provoking topic to help build deeper relationships with more of your donors. We are your hosts, Luis Diaz and Mike Dirksen. Now let's get into it. Luis, did you drink your coffee this morning out of a funnel? Yes, it was leaky. My family wasn't happy. <laughs> we set these things up to record so early in the morning every Thursday. And every time you and I are both late and it's always trying to make coffee to wake up. But it's kind of a bonding experience also. It's like, are you there yet? No, I have this, you know, that, you right. know, we, we've spoken about the role of like these little things in building trust. So, you know, by now, I think we've both discovered that this is a bad time to record a podcast. Yeah, communities have rituals. And I guess our ritual is every Thursday morning at 6 a.m., WhatsApping each other. Hey, I'll be 10 minutes late. I'll be five minutes late. Coffee's almost ready. All of that. I I actually, folks might not know this, I sling an Ethernet cable like across my whole house to do this podcast episode. So, you know, like to have a better connection. And Mike yeah. is, are you here yet? And like, I'm, I'm, practically remodeling the house for the <laughs> Ethernet cable thing. <laughs> almost there, almost there. All right, so you kind of drank your coffee out of a funnel this morning. I didn't. I guess a drip coffee maker kind of has a the the, a the paper filter is a funnel. Did you have some funnel cake? I have never had funnel cake. Mm. Not my thing. Well, there's that and churros, Spanish churros. So similar yeah. kind of Not just fried dough type of concept. Yeah. Yeah. I said funnel cake isn't my thing. Churros are definitely my thing. So if you're saying that a funnel cake tastes kind of similar, maybe I've been missing out. I mean, yeah. Dough, fry, fry it, eat it. That's about it. Just looks yeah. nicer. Should we be thinking of fundraising as a funnel cake? Should we be eating our fundraising? Is that what you're saying? Or do you yeah. want to focus on the funnel part today? I don't really know that the funnel is the best model for thinking about fundraising. And I'm predicting that we'll talk about other different ways of thinking about fundraising today, ways that you have developed, ways that major gift officers may be thinking of their relationships. But I do think that the concept itself is well understood. That's a good thing. So if you're trying to explain yeah. something inside your shop, people are going to get it. They're familiar with it. And I think it could do with some updating, especially if your shop has been very focused on just the part of the funnel that starts with people making a gift. So lots the, the funnel in lots of shops starts like with the annual fund or the mass marketing team or whatever you call it. And that's when they even st they start to think about the relationship with people. So if you have a model that's goes before that and we're going to talk about that i think it can still be helpful with some caveats but you know still still be helpful yeah well let's do the following let's just kind of walk through what a funnel might look like maybe we'll go through two or three examples just so we're all clear on what we are talking about yeah why don't you walk us through one example of a funnel in real life what what might a funnel look like so general concept of a funnel it starts pretty broad and you're putting Lots of things in it. As you go down the funnel, it becomes narrower and narrower, and you end up with fewer people. 
So that basic concept is pretty solid. We start out with relationships with more people when we're at the beginning of the relationship stage, both because we can, because we do it through means that are more impersonal, that don't require one-on-one contact. And also because lots of people will just want to be at that stage of the relationship with it, with us. And that's totally okay. So, you know, one of the problems with the funnel is it doesn't mean that you're more valuable if, you know, if we don't need to try to shove everybody down to the bottom. But so the first step, it could be, I'm totally uninterested in the organization. Call it whatever you want, right? I'm cold. And that's most aware. aware. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not even aware. I don't know who you are. And... You know, it depends on what types of nonprofit you have. That could be the total population or, you know, you could think, okay, I'm just interested in people. Even if they're not aware about me, I have this predetermined, predetermined group of people, but they're still cold. The next step is somehow you get them to show interest in your work. That could be they sign up to a newsletter. They show up at an event. They pick up the phone you know, that type of thing. You've been doing things to try to get them to, to, you've been doing things to give them opportunities to show that interest. So you've been putting on events, you've been putting out content into the world, you've been making calls. So now they're interested. Hopefully you're doing more things so that they remain interested. And over time, you might call them something else like engaged. Mm -hmm. That means they're opening your emails. That it means if you give them a call, they're likely to pick it up because they kind of know you already. That means they may have been coming to multiple of your events. If you're doing events in a community building like way, they might consider themselves part of your community. Okay, so that's your yeah, engaged step, whatever you want to call it, right? The, the terminology, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's it's critical. And we're going to go like later on into how at these first steps, every org will may measure them differently. Like you don't have to, you, it depends on what, you, what you're doing. Sure. But then hopefully they get into the donor stage where you've asked them, for, okay, so, you know, the next step in the relationship is you've asked them for a gift, they make it. And now the game is keeping them. So I think this is a part of the funnel that people may not be aware of or may not be applying often enough, which is there's a donor step for me, there should be a loyal donor step. So your next goal is to keep them around. And then finally, your next goal is to ask them for an upgrade, major gift, some type of intensified commitment. You know, I, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty broad on purpose. For some people, that will be, you know, we get go straight from annual fund, loyal annual fund donor. We want to, the next step needs to be major gift donors, right? For other people, it will be one-time donor, the next step is monthly, you know, monthly donor. So that's the general concept. Right. Yeah. So you will often hear people, fundraisers, marketers. Marketers love talking this way. They talk about, oh, top of funnel, top of funnel, or or bottom of funnel. You'll often hear those. Usually what people are referring to is where are they on a journey you have predetermined? And so... You know, you've got different gates along the way. And once they cross that gate or once they've taken an action, they're now considered middle of funnel. Let's walk through like a very real life example yeah. of, of a funnel. Let's say an event. 
that you're going to host some sort of event and you're going to invite a thousand of your current donors and you're going to ask each of those 1,000 people to invite three or four friends. Those friends are going to be cold, maybe even unaware. And then you are going to hope that out of the thousand you invited and you ask them each to invite four. So theoretically, maybe you're inviting 4,000, but you're hoping out of the thousand you invited, maybe 50% are actually going to take you up on the offer to invite four friends. And then, you know, maybe out of those 50% are going to say yes. So in the end, you're hoping to have, I don't know, 50 to 700 people in the room. 500 to 700 people. From there on, you're going to hope to get, I'm just making this up. Um, you're going to try to interest them at the event and, you know, try to get some sort of engagement. Maybe you're hoping to get 300 new email addresses or 300 new mailing addresses, depending on what your offer is. That might be non-monetary. From there on, you might have some sort of cadence you put them in where they get some form of communication from you. And then you can ask for a gift and you might hope for 10 to 20% of those to make that first gift. And after that, you're going to try to, in some way, shape or form, usually, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just saying, usually this is the way funnel works. You're going to try to get the second gift within the first few weeks or months. And you're going to hope for 10 to 20% of those people to make a second gift. And so for you to end up with 50 new donors, you're going to, at the bottom of the funnel, you're going to have to get 500 to 1,000 at the top of the funnel. Because by the time you move through all those steps, fewer people move on to the next step. Is, is that right? Is that roughly how it works? And that's the general concept. So I think how people need to think differently about this is that, yes, you start with more people, you go on to fewer. That's going to happen a lot of the time when we have few people in you know towards the end of this process that usually you know the donor stages we forget that we that an easy way to do it or one way to fix that is to make the top of the funnel you know the interest stage or the where we're attracting people broader and because it is a funnel it's not just you know broader in the same proportion you know it's much you need many more people up there and many organizations that I work with are not aware like they're not thinking in these terms and they don't realize the scope of scope of the problem you know it's solvable right but they don't they don't realize that oh my goodness like we really do be we really need to be adding many more people at the at the top we need to be attracting interest from many more people and I see this all over so in higher ed with fewer, fewer and fewer alumni donating they're just they're not adding, they're not attracting interest from that group of alumni at the beginning, right? Any other type of organization I'm working with, right? If they're conversely, um, ones that are doing great with donor growth, they have a huge funnel at the top. Right. Yeah. Mm. All right. So that sounds pretty straightforward. Sounds maybe not easy, but it sounds simple to understand. It might be hard to execute, like having a huge top of funnel. Some people might think, oh, that's, you need to think through how we might do that for sure. But I don't know, sounds easy to understand, sounds simple. Add more people at the top of the funnel, and eventually you get more people at the bottom of the funnel who become donors and second-time givers and so on and so forth. Why are there any issues with this framework? It sounds, sounds easy to understand, 
just add more people to the top of the funnel? Well, a couple of things. One is I've added a loyal donor step because I think it's so important that it needs to be put there. And that takes time. You don't become loyal immediately. In fact, my definition of loyal, and again, every shop can have theirs and it's not set in stone and it's porous, is people who have been giving three years in a row to us, three years or more in a row. So that's one of the issues with the funnel is that it's not automatic. So it's kind of like a three-dimensional thing, right? It takes place over time. So like, I don't know how to picture this, right? If, if you think of a funnel as a spiral or as a slinky, it's a slinky that starts, you know, way to your left and ends way to your right. But, it, you know, it's also kind of like an inverted cone in shape. So horrible, horrible image. No, but that's, that is a problem with this. If you start talking about funnels, people start to think about short-term processes, mechanisms, tactics. And I think the right way to think of this involves that time element. So you were saying, we were talking kind of about percentages. Imagine your retention rate for just to make it easy is 50%, just to make the math easy, your overall retention rate for your entire organization when they become donors. That means that 25, so 50 times 50%, 25% after two years are going to still be around and those will st- still be loyal donors, right? So I think that's one of the first issues that it takes place over time. Right. Okay. So give the funnel more time. Yeah. It's kind of like this weird funnel where it, things are cooking inside of it. <laughs> you know, it's like you're putting things, but they're also fermenting. You've already had two great product ideas. One is the inverted cone slinky, which as you were saying that, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's a direct-to-consumer product we can create, the inverted cone slinky. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, that might actually work in, in practice. And now you've come up with like an inverted cone oven. Things are like cooking inside this oven. Yeah. And I'm just imagining... I'm just imagining what kind of food could go in an inverted cone oven. It sounds awesome. You put like a bunch of dough at the top and maybe that's the funnel cake. It just starts like spiraling down as it's getting, as it's getting cooked and baked, you know, something. I mean, I said fermentation, my mind went to (laughs) all types of beverages, but yes, funnel cakes for sure. All right. So you need, you need a little bit more patience uh, in, in a new sort of funnel model that you're proposing. You need more patience. You need to think longer term with the funnel, especially at the bottom of the funnel. That takes longer time. And once you get to the bottom of the funnel, you're not just thinking one-time conversion. You're kind of thinking longer-term relationship. Exactly. That's it. And that's where maybe your team, if you have a major gifts team, will say, hey, we already have our own mental model for this. Don't mess with this, you know, because... (laughs) It's like gospel. We don't touch this. It's called moves management. Were you in my presentation two days ago? No. <laughs> I've been in many situations like that. <laughs> it's, you know, we worship at this altar. Don't mess with this. Although you but, did have, I mean, we have a donor growth episode that says that the donor continuum is dead. I mean. You've already messed with it. Yeah, I mean, we may have given ourselves away here. But the episode, one of the early ones within the first 10 episodes, there's one called the donor, the donor development continuum is dead or Lewis, which is um, move management. management. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. So anyhow, one of the issues, the fact that it works over time, 
Another of the issues is the fact that other people in your SOP may have their own models and you need to either fit your model into theirs or you end up working in totally different worlds and kind of using different metrics. And that's honestly not very helpful, like to leadership, et cetera. Lots of people start their model, even if they don't think they have a funnel, they're thinking of, a you know, in terms of a funnel, they think, okay, we have a direct response team. And then from that group, we're going to pull out people for the major gifts team. So, but it's actually just like a two-step funnel. So that's yeah. another one, another of the issues is that there's multiple steps to this and they start at the engagement stage. If you want to be successful in today's environment, it used to be that you could just go directly to the donor step in many ways. You could buy an you know, acquisition list, you could mail your alums, you could mail your patients. And a good, you know, a good enough percentage of them would just skip all the engagement nonsense, yeah. go straight into donor. Yeah. But right now, we're seeing that that does that doesn't work anymore, and that what does work in practice is this is thinking about the engagement steps. So you know, and if and if you are running Facebook ads circa 2013, which is when I started really getting into playing around with Facebook ads for fundraising, you could run ads straight to a giving page and see really good conversion. And those days are completely over. But like, that that's also sort of the era where, where funnel thinking comes from, right? Build a funnel, drive enough traffic to it. And you can, at the time, you could actually legitimately build this little engine that was bringing in new people. Is that with Charity Water? I've read interviews about their founders, Scott, talking about kind of doing an arbitrage where they were getting cheap Facebook ads and converting them to monthly gifts. Yeah, I don't know if they were doing it at that time. They're still doing it now, though. They still run to monthly offers. And one of the reasons is they're just really good at the demand gen game where they... Oh, and they have a huge brand. So they're, dem- yeah, they have, where they're, they're really good at building brand, building... Yeah. So, so you can make an argument that... that I can make an argument either way. <laughs> but, for, but for a smaller and medium-sized shop, that might be a hard game to play. That's, that's Well, a, I think, if I you think have a brand, awesome game so- to play for a lot of people. And then for some people, it's harder to start there. Yeah. So what you're saying is that even if you're doing the Meta, Google, Instagram, whatever ads, now you're putting them, you're trying to get them to show their interest, sign up for that event, sign up for some. That's kind of what you're saying, no? Yeah. Sign up for a resource, sign up for some sort of webinars, sign up for some sort of web series, take some sort of quiz. Quizzes are big. There's a guy who, yeah, I'm forgetting his name. The book is called Ask, which is about how to build quiz funnels. Basically invented the quiz funnel by asking people short questions and then bucketing them into different funnels. So now we're mixing metaphors with the bucket and the funnel, but that's... <laughs> I'm so confused. His methodology. Yeah, something like that. Cool. Yeah, this used to work. It used to work one way. It works another. The funnel needs to adapt. I mean, full stop. Lots of people may think, okay, yeah, this feels kind of like, you know, gross, markety. We're not Mm -hmm. in that business. I just want to say that, number one, this is how you make yourself to maybe pull a phrase from marketing guru Mark Schaefer, you know, how you make yourself relevant in today's world. And number two is if you've seen this done in ways that didn't feel like they aligned with your brand, et cetera, or your principles even, right? Because some of this can be pretty clickbaity, 
maybe you don't want to associate with that. You can take elements. And in fact, I venture say you're already doing elements of this in your sub. You're already doing events. It's just more of a matter of, so you can bring your principles into this and it would be welcome, right? I just got the most appalling direct response appeal from Father Jack, who has is practically sharing tears in a letter from an organization I never knew of. Like, you don't have to be that organization. But you can use this concept of a funnel to realize, okay, maybe our issue is not that our gift officers aren't working hard enough. Maybe is that the beginning of the, we're not starting this relationship with enough people, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's going to have some downstream investment consequences. Yeah. Can I point out another flaw of the funnel? Well, I know you're against the funnel. I mean, why did I even bring this today? (laughs) It might not be a flaw as much as it is a, you know, we did episode 12 of Donor Growth, The Errors of Attribution which I've referenced that one all the time. By the way, people that listen to this podcast often reference that one, the errors of attribution. So a practical example, Lewis, you've got a thing called the annual fund toolkit. It's your business. It's your agency. I've got a thing called build good. That's my business. That's my agency. We each have our own funnels, so to speak. So you do a lot of stuff top of funnel with the donor participation project on LinkedIn. We have this podcast, Donor Growth. I have the Build Good Fundraising podcast. I do stuff on LinkedIn. I'm not entirely sure what your funnel looks like. Mine is very, very easy, which is you like what we're putting out there. You go on our website, you hit a button called schedule a call, and then we jump on a call. That's the funnel. <laughs> well, I would venture say that you're cutting a part of the funnel that goes at the top. People see you on LinkedIn. They joined the podcast here today. And somehow they express interest. You might not be aware of it because the platforms have de-intermediated that interest step and that engagement step, right? But it's happening. So somebody jumps on the call and I say, ah, man, nice to meet you. Do you mind if I ask, how'd you hear about us? And then they might say, yeah, I just I just kind of know about you. Like I listen to your podcast. Uh, I see you on LinkedIn. Somebody referred you. And sometimes it's like all four or five of those things. And you're like, yeah. yeah. I don't know what part of the funnel to attribute this to, and I'm not going to. It, so you people, I mean, people don't, don't work. Yeah, people don't follow the linear step in the funnel that maybe we want them to follow. And the reason we want them to follow the linear step in the funnel so we can optimize at which stage do we need to improve. Maybe. So if I lose you at this stage, well, that's the stage of the funnel I need to improve to increase. Or um, if I'm seeing that I'm exact, or if I'm seeing that. I'm not getting to my goal at some stage instead of maybe I I look two or three steps up and that I fix my tactics. Yeah, I get it. And so when people don't follow the steps in a funnel, either we built a funnel that maybe isn't very people centered. It it just doesn't follow the journey of the donor or the buyer or how people like to do things. Or even if we do, sometimes they just don't follow it and then we won't know. And that's just, we'll just chalk that up to the errors of attribution. And in a funnel model, that's just one of the disadvantages. And I think that's okay. Yeah. There's no, there's no perfect model. Just something well, to be aware of. And when you try to be so business-like that you become obsessed about only doing things that you can measure is when this starts to bite you. Because what I've often found is that when we think that people are skipping steps, like coming, to, they show up at you, the footsteps at your organization, and they want to make a huge gift. 
you know, ignore the funnel. We just need more people like these. If you have a conversation with them, they've actually been, they at some point they expressed interest and they've been engaging, sometimes even giving through a relative or, you know, or some other way that you're not aware of and you weren't tracking for years or their spouse was very engaged and you didn't have this person on your records or a friend or a circle of friends. So these things happen, but it is true that it's kind of the funnel is kind of this weird thing where you need to be aware of it, but also be kind of loosey-goosey with it. Sometimes you might ask for the next step in the funnel. So somebody signed up for something and you want to deepen that engagement, for instance, and you ask them for an event, but you also ask for a gift or you ask for a gift in a secondary way. And that, right. that and, you know, and like, it's you, this shouldn't be an excuse to not be creative and to not think about things differently and just be aware that it's porous and it's, it's oh no, more metamorphic, like it's bubbly inside <laughs> going up and down. The reverse slinky happening where things are cooking and boiling inside. And the bubbles are going up. <laughs> going 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 up. Down. At the bottom, there's a bucket. Okay, so um, I have a new title for today's podcast which is funnel, have flaws, flywheels, don't fail. So I'm trying to go with the alliteration thing, not chat GPT created. What do you think about it? Well, you brought the flywheel. I didn't, but let's do the following. Let's, in the next episode, let's get into another mental model, which might be a flywheel. And there's others. There is, you know, moves management is a step model, right? Some people have, have a matrix model. Some people use concentric circles. Some people use... Oh, we got Mike started with the models. Upside down slinkies. Frameworks. <laughs> no, funnels. I, I disagree. I disagree that funnels fail. And I disagree that funnels are entirely flawed. And I know you do as well. Funnels are a very helpful way of thinking about it. We did a whole episode on funnel hacking. We love this, this exactly. kind of stuff. Some people don't like to think of it as a funnel. It sounds markety and sleazy. And I get that. That might just be more of a matter of language. But Well, uh, language, implementation, like exactly. Yeah. You don't have to juice urgency for everything. Like, no. That's, there are, you can bring integrity into this. Yeah, even the most pure organic movements in some form were a funnel. Exactly. So it's just about gathering interest, finding the people who are the most interested, who are the most aligned, putting more effort into those people and building out from there. So, Lewis, final thoughts. Well, mentioned the flywheel. That's the last reason why I don't like funnels. If I had to say, you know, the argument against is that it addresses kind of a sequence of goals but it doesn't address the system, which is the things you have to be consistently doing that should be an organizational habit. And that's why I think the flywheel, you know, subscribe, click, hit subscribe now, you know, listen to the next episode. This is why I think the flywheel is a complementary, but still very powerful model for this. And if you listened to last week's episode, the ABCs of fundraising failure, you will know that one failure of fundraising is making the system itself the outcome, which can be dangerous. We are, both Lewis and I are very big on systems thinking and on systems and processes and don't try to throw people at a problem that can be fixed by just having better systems and processes. There is a time though 
when your outcome stops raising money, stops being raising money or growing or whatever, and it just starts being upkeeping the system or following the system. And so if you are too married to a framework like the funnel or the flywheel, you might be missing out. So these are mental models that are helpful, but they're like models that are, they're firm models loosely held. Kind of a firm strategy, but you kind of got to hold it loosely. You didn't like when I said loosey goosey, not professional. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your forthcoming book, The Loosey Goosey Method of Fundraising. There we go. Well, with which that is actually, actually, I'm going to get off my soapbox here, but actually, that is that is a book that needs to be written because basically, that is fundraising for all the models that we talk about. At the end of the day, they are just mental models, and most people don't fit into a clear model. There Most of it is a little bit more heart-led and a little bit more sometimes even gut-led than we like to think. But that's... Beautiful Ode to Humanity by Mike Dorksen. It's I endorse enthusiastically to all the beautiful humans who listen to this. Please let us know. We'd love it. And Mike puts you in a little box in his framework when you do that. <laughs> I'm joking. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next week. Yeah. You you look like you need to shove more hot water down an inverted paper cone with some coffee grounds in it. Put a fermentation agent, please. Don't forget about that. <laughs> Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the Donor Growth Podcast brought to you by the Donor Participation Project and buildgood.com. If you found today's episode helpful, please help us by sharing it with a friend, posting about it on LinkedIn, or giving it a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, remember that donor growth is possible.